0: Three, Music two, one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 12. Three months. Three months. We've been going for three months. Not bad. A-plus a for consistency yeah, there. Yeah, we're there every, every week. <laughs> every week we're here. Uh, ABC on Pittsburgh sports. we got Michael and Tom Bradley, and me, Mark Clemente. As per usual, lots to talk about today. We're going to go on for, for a little while. We have a new segment we're going to introduce at the end of today's show. Hopefully, you'll like it, but we're one week out from Christmas, one of my Christmases during the year, the NFL draft. Can't wait. Things are starting to settle a little bit, but guys, this is the craziest, and I'm going to say the craziest NFL draft of the last 30 years, hands down. It's all over the place. I mean, you look from one mock draft to the other, and normally reliable ones, Jeremiah, Zierline. McShay no, I'm not saying Kuiper. that dude is an asshole um, But across the board there, it's all over the place you even look at who they have the Steelers picking it's everywhere uh, Even the top five I mean You're gonna, We're gonna see as we go through our mock drafts here Anybody I mean you see Hutchinson number one you see Walker from joy. It's all over the place uh, I've never seen anything like this normally Mike like you were saying There's top ten is pretty much the top ten this year, not so much.
1: It's all over the place. It's all over
0: the place. Trying to put this mock draft together. Oh, I mean,
1: we're, just, we're only going to do the top five, and then we'll obviously pick the, the, the Steelers pick at 20. But I, I've been just trying to get the top five done. I don't even know how many of these we'll get
0: right. It, maybe one out of five would <laughs> yeah. be good.
1: I yeah, mean, maybe. That's, that, that's how, yeah. how strange this
0: offseason's been in the NFL. Yeah.
1: All right, well, let's get it started then.
0: You want to kick us off? Who do you yeah, have I'll in your top five?
1: Um, so, Jacksonville at one. Um, they yeah. could go a lot of different places. Well, right? they're, they're picking first for a reason. But if, if they're, I mean, they obviously need offensive line help mm-hmm. to protect uh, Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to go defensive line. Yep. And a lot of people were saying Aiden Hutchinson. We agree. That. Yeah. But I think they're going to go for a home run. I think yep. they're going to go Trayvon Walker. There's yep. just more of a ceiling there for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Detroit at two. Detroit's always picking in the top five because, well, they're <laughs> Detroit. picking Detroit. So, I mean, this could be anybody. I mean, it could be right. Kyle Brady. Who knows? It could be
0: Kenny Pickett. It could be Malik Willis. Who I think, knows?
1: I think they're going to go with the hometown kid and Aiden it's, Hutchinson. Yep. It's the safe pick. You know, yep. the ceiling isn't quite as high as it is with Walker, with the talent. But he, he seems to be a consistent player. I know you don't like him as far I as
0: – I think – I know
1: he didn't come up big in, right. in, in the – In big in, games. Yes, he just, in the big he games did. he didn't come up. But I think they're going to take him at two um houston needs all kinds of things i've sure. seen kyle hamilton there right. uh, obviously if you're picking in the top five you need a lot of shit <laughs> right. right but i think they're going to go with icky a uh, from uh, nc state uh, the, uh, the offensive Yui, tackle yeah. and at four i had the jets at first i had sauce gardner going there yeah. just because i like to say his name right. i think he's going to be a top 10 pick but i, I think uh, uh Kayvon thibodeau from oregon I I don't think he's getting enough love. I know he had a rough season this year. He had a ton of double teams at Oregon. Um, I think he could be defensive rookie of the year. And then at five, the the Giants have to to get somebody to protect uh, Daniel Jones, right? right? Mm -hmm. I I think they're going to take Evan Neal from Alabama. And then at 20, I think the Steelers are going to go Desmond Ritter. I think he's going to be the last quarterback Mm -hmm. in the first round taken. I I think Ritter is the guy that they're going to take.
2: Tom, you want to go next? Yeah. Well, I'm going to – of course, I'll listen to the rules and vary a little bit. Um, I actually, to be boring, I agree with you on the five players. Um, I actually think that the top five is set. I think those five players are going. Um, I think this draft starts at six with Carolina. Yep. And what Carolina does is going to dictate uh, the rest of this draft. If they, if they go quarterback – um, I think the draft can go one way. If they pass on on a quarterback there, then I think this there's could be a, all kinds of chaos that goes on. Um, so I, I'm. I don't a big fit I'm, I have a hard time mocking teams to, to, to players to teams mm-hmm. because one trade and this all right. goes whoop, yep. right out the window. You know that's why I always laugh. Mel Kiper spends a year <laughs> yeah. doing this, and then the second pick of the whole draft is a trade, <laughs> and all that year. Well, start over again, Mel. You made it to the second pick this year. Call us mm-hmm. again in 365 days. But I actually agree with with Michael. I think those five players are the players. I think they'll go. You know, I've seen, you know, Aiden Hutchinson go one. I've seen him go two. I don't think he gets past two. Um, Jacksonville, and the problem is you have Jacksonville and Detroit, two of the worst right. franchises in the NFL. I mean, you know, anything's possible right. with them two. But it really seems to be that most of the mocks have narrowed down on those five. And I think the draft starts at six. Um, I will differ uh, from Michael on this. I think this stuff with the Steelers, um, I think this all centers around Malik Willis. Um, if Malik Willis is there, I think he's the only quarterback they take in the first round, including Kenny Pickett. I think if Pickett's sitting there at 20, they pass on him. Um, Because when I look at most of the mocks, I don't necessarily always look ahead of the Steelers. Mm -hmm. I look behind them and see what else was out there. And honest to God, every mock draft I've seen from players 21 to 32, all 11 of those players Mm -hmm. are perfect fits of the Steelers. They need so much talent that with the quarterbacks just not being, I think they've talked themselves into liking Malik Willis and, and fallen in love for his package that he is. And also he fits the narrative that Trubisky's a guy that's going to be a one- or two-year starter here. He could come in, sit behind him, and, and potentially learn. Um, I, I think that there are so many needs on this team that uh, I just don't see them taking a quarterback in the first round unless it's him. And like I said, with the draft starting at six, if If Carolina passes on a quarterback, all the quarterbacks could wind up sitting there by the time the Steelers get there. Um, But I I am still leaning towards, I think the Steelers are gonna take one of the the Georgia defensive linemen if they're there. Um, We've talked about this in the Mm -hmm. podcast in the past, defensive line is where they need to get young and they need to get young fast. They've done a pretty good job of eliminating just about every position of quote unquote Mm -hmm. need with the exception of safety. Um, You know, this podcast, you know, we still have nine days until the draft. Yeah. If they sign a safety between now and then, then I think it's a slam dunk defensive lineman. If they don't sign a safety between now and then, then I think you're looking safety defensive lineman. But that's, that's where I think they are.
0: All right. Well, amazingly enough, we were in consensus. I have my picks written down here, and I, I was the same. I, I agree, It's top five. I mean – walker hutchinson Ekwane, uh evan neal to the jets i think there's going to be a run on the top two tackles early and the right. giants are going to be sitting there i think they take thibodeau um because like everybody else that's picking they need a ton of help and thibodeau would certainly help they also defense. have the seventh pick too right so they exactly can come back they can, and charles the cross offense. yes they, can address they, the they address it, the maybe at line that line point that they do get. charles cross the the tackle from texas a and m uh, with the steelers i think that they're going quarterback to me if this was all a smoke screen that was a real expensive smoke screen um they brought every quarterback in they went to every major quarterbacks pro day that is that's expense right and and so i think that there's without a doubt they're taking a quarterback but the one thing i'll say to that and i've heard that and
2: i understand that you know and, and so far as and i've heard actually They're definitely taking a quarterback because they hired an assistant quarterback coach. Might be the dumbest take I've ever heard in my life. Nobody hires an assistant anything 10 days before the draft because you might draft something. Um, But what I'll say this is, if if you think about it from a Steelers perspective, and specifically this group, Mike Tomlin, Kevin Mm -hmm. Colbert, the staff, they haven't scouted, drafted, followed pro days of number one quarterbacks in 17 years. Right. They're, it's it's not something that they've done for a long time. And I think the organization realizes that a franchise guy is going to need to be had at some point. And I think they're just doing their due diligence. And I think part of it is just getting into the routine of going out and scouting legitimate quarterbacks hard again and seeing right. what's out there and talking to them. And, and, you know, all these pro days, with the exception of maybe Liberty, you know, Old Miss has players that they could draft and Alabama has players right. they could draft. And, you know, all these schools have other things – uh, that are available. But I really think part of it is just getting back into doing the due diligence of what it takes to find your next franchise quarterback because they haven't seriously looked at a first round quarterback in 17 years. This
0: group. Well, I'll, I'll throw something back at you. This group, it's been very easy to ascertain where they're going in the first round lately. Everybody knew where they were going last year. There was no surprise. Everybody knew they were taking Najee if he was there. I mean, they were all over them. I think the same thing this year. I think they're not hiding anything. I think they want a quarterback. They've done all their homework on the top five quarterbacks, plus that kid from South Dakota State, who's a late round guy. I don't know why they're whatever, but, um, but I think they're going to take one of those guys, whether it's the first or second round. Maybe to your point, Tommy, that if if Pickett or Willis isn't th- sitting there at twenty, Ritter is snuck into the conversation. Um, I wouldn't be surprised and shocked if they went there at this point. Uh, I don't think they're going to take Corral. I don't think they take Sam Howell in the first round. I don't. I think both of those guys, from what I've heard inside uh, some inside baseball talk about both of those guys, they're they're small. There's the accuracy issues, arm arm strength issues with both guys. I don't think they're first round guys. But I think if Ritter, Pickett, or Willis is there at twenty, done deal. So, Michael, you I, might be spot on. I like
1: I, I like Ritter a lot. I, I started well, watching film on yeah. him last week, and as I was telling you, yeah. the difference between him and Pickett when he feels pressure, he climbs the pocket to pass, mm-hmm. and whereas Kenny flushes. Gets, he flushes outside mm-hmm. the pocket. Now, with his four seven speed in the NFL, that's not going to work. He's right. not going to be. I mean, I know Kenny throws well off plat, platform. Mm-hmm. Ritter runs a four or five. I mean, the kid's real athletic, but his first thing is to pass the ball and then run second. He's always got his eyes downfield, and that's what I've noticed with him. And he's pretty accurate. He won 43 games in college. That's a lot of football games.
0: No, there's no question. I think he's better than what we give him credit for. But here, I want to bring this up to both of you. This is something that drives me crazy every year. It happens every year. Teams get burned every year by doing this. Coming out of the college football season, we see how the players are stacked, how they're ranked. This kid's a first rounder. He's a third rounder. He's a third day guy. And then over the course of the next three months, whatever, yeah, three months, through workouts, the combine, senior bowl, whatever. Pro days. Pro days. These guys start to skyrocket. That's mind-boggling to me. You have the tape. The tape doesn't lie. How can this kid, because he looks good in shorts, Malik Willis, all of a sudden shoot up boards? Malik Willis, don't forget, the end of the college football season, he was in the conversation with those top five guys. But over the course of the last three months, he's now become number one. Mind-boggling to me. Wow. Mind-boggling. And I always go back to Mike Mamola. Always. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. here's a guy who sucked, who was not even on the radar. He runs up whatever he did in shorts at the combine. And all of a sudden, he, he the Eagles take him nine overall. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And they don't learn.
2: Well, you know, that's part of one of my gripes, a separate gripe, is that if a Hall of Famer doesn't make the Hall of Fame six or seven times, and on the eighth time he gets voted in. Well, did he get better in those right. eight years? <laughs> he, didn't, right. he didn't play, you know. So yeah, there's a lot of of that. But yep. you know, to to your point a little bit on that is that the Steelers have been very good at nailing first round picks for the most part, except when, when they need something mm-hmm. and they have a tendency to overreach, going all the way back to Troy Edwards. Um, you know, mm-hmm. when they had to have a wide receiver, there was three and that was they were gone. So they took the fourth guy and it, and it didn't work out. Right. Um, same with uh, Devin Bush is showing. You know, they reached for Devin Bush because of the tragedy mm-hmm. with Ryan Chazier. They needed an inside linebacker. So they reached. Whenever they reach or they do things, it, Terrell Edmonds, they needed a safety. So they drafted Terrell mm-hmm. Edmonds, you know, and, and that hasn't worked out to be great. So that is my Ari fear burns. going going towards what you were saying if they do draft a quarterback is that they somehow feel that there is a pressing need and we just mm-hmm. have to take one, whether it's the right guy right. or not. And, you know, they got to be right about it. And to your point, the answer one of the things I've heard too is, well, maybe they take Ritter or somebody like that in the second round if he's still there. If you think that's your guy. If you mm-hmm. think that's your franchise quarterback, then front. you take him at twenty. Mm-hmm. And to me, if they pass on one of those guys at twenty and then take him in the second round, I, I don't understand that logic. I mm-hmm. really don't. If he's high enough to be there, take him at twenty. It's a quarterback.
0: Right, I mean, right. and that's he gives you the extra year if as a first is the round. Pick. You
2: think's gonna be you can be your starter for ten or twelve years, not saying he's gonna be a Hall of Famer. I mean, there's you know, those those quarterbacks don't just you know, don't necessarily grow on trees. But if he can be a legitimate starter that can make you a contender for the next 10 or 12 years, you take him a 20. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that any of these guys are that guy. I really don't.
0: Anything else to add there, Michael, to that?
1: No, no. He's spot on. Uh, He's spot on. Yeah, And they they not only reached for Devin Bush, but they traded up. Traded up for him, right. So, uh, yeah, you don't always draft on need. But I I, I think, like you said, they've scouted these quarterbacks. I think they they like these guys. mm -hmm. Uh, You know, now how much, we we don't know. I mean, like Tom said, when Carolina drafts at six, then we're going to find out where everything else falls. Yeah, that
0: was a great point. Draft does start at six. All right, so we'll come back to football in our our last segment. But for now, let's transition over to the Pirates. Uh, We're a little over a week into the season now. Pirates sitting at five and seven, which is probably where everybody expected to be quite honest. Uh, let's just get some early takes. What we see, what we like, what we don't like, what's driving us crazy. I'm sure Tommy has something
1: Tom, there. <laughs> Tom always has something for the Pirates. Now, I, obviously, they're, they're, what, one in five against the Cardinals in the, in the, in Brewers. the Brewers. So right. we know that those two teams are the cream of the crop right. of the uh, no, National no League yep. So, you know, Milwaukee, this series, you, you looked at the pitching matchups. That's you had Corbin Burns last night. You had Woodruff that today. That dude it
0: was actually fun to watch pitch.
1: Yeah, he pitched a magnificent game last night against, obviously, a weak lineup. Yep. And when Reynolds and Hayes aren't hitting, mm-hmm. that's what you get. Uh, obviously, so far this year, the lineup is weak. That's the frustrating part. Tom's obviously going to bring up a couple players <laughs> I know that's coming. Um, so I won't even mention them. But the, the I'll, I'll talk about the break points right, because yep. I'm the glass half full. When it comes Pirates, to the
0: Pirates, you are, no and, doubt.
1: And Tom's the glass half empty. Uh, Rosny Contreras. Wow. Filthy. Uh, that absolutely dude is filthy. Just... Uh, the other night against, you know, a Milwaukee yeah. lineup that can put the ball right. over the fence. Now, he hung a, a slider mm. to Hunter Renfro, but that was the only hit he gave up in three innings. He struck out five. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been on a roll. He's fun to watch. That's somebody to watch. Diego Castillo knows what he's doing at the plate. Um, right. The kid is a professional hitter. Now, Tom always talks, and it's always in my head now, but <laughs> position flexibility, which drives me nuts. He was playing right field today. Made a mistake out there right. today, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it cost him because it was a three-run homer that followed it. But it, it was a it was a bonehead play. He never played a, a a professional inning in right field, and so
2: they got to tra- get that punch card checked. Got to get that one. Yeah. Work it towards a free hoagie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get all nine positions checked, and you get a free hoagie. But actually, you don't. Nothing no. will charge you two bucks. Right. Exactly. So, you get a discount. You get a discounted hoagie. Yeah.
1: No, I, the, those are the guys so far that have been fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, obviously, Mitch Keller today. I was worried, again, because, it, you know, it, we talk about spring training and, you know, he's changed this, he's changed that. Um, 18 of his first 19 batters he faced today, he had strike one. Now, mm-hmm. that that's, that's half the battle, right? right? This game isn't brain surgery. Mm-hmm. You throw strikes, you're going to get guys out. Yeah, sure, you're going to give up some runs, but you're not compounding it by walking guys. Right. You pitch five and a third, seven strikeouts, Four hits, three of them were singles. Um, he pitched fantastic today. Hopefully he can continue to do that. But, you know, the guys that have been pitching out of the bullpen, like Will Crow, those guys have really pitched well. The problem is the starters haven't been able to throw strikes consistently enough. This team can't give up five, six runs a game and expect to win with that kind of offense.
2: Well, I mean, I'll be mildly optimistic <laughs> or mildly positive about them if, if as long as I can. I mean, they're, when the young players play, the guys that have potential, they get my interest. You know, I made fun of Josh Van Meter, and I apologize to his parents for making fun of him last year. If that's his name, I don't even know what his name is. It doesn't matter what his name is. He's going to be selling hot dogs in three weeks. The point Let's is, hope he will be. Yeah, the the, the point is, is that, you know, when I look at the lineup and I see guys like Castillo in the lineup, and mm-hmm. Brian Hayes and Brian Reynolds, obviously, but... The guys that have, you know, some potential, even Hoy Park when he's not playing in, in the You're revolving right, right field because everybody has to take a turn. It's like volleyball. Everybody has You're to. Right. We just rotate. Okay, you go out right field today. You're, You're going right. to go outside yeah. and, and, and play right oh. field today. I, I mean, but, you know, other than that stupidity, when I see the young kids in the lineup, there's some there, there's some bright spots. I mean, you know, typical Pirates, to me, their best two starting pitchers are in the bullpen, not in the rotation. Right. So we got that backwards, and and the you know the everybody has to get a turn lineup that I see this guy this guy write up every day. Um, other than that, I mean the young guys, you know, there's some interest there. Even mm-hmm. the guys like the Jake Mariznick's of the world. I mean, he's he's a valuable piece in that. He's a good defensive player. Definitely. He's not going to hurt you out there. You know, he's not these, you know, punch guard guys right. that has to go out and play all well, nine positions. My, I didn't even bring it up, but how about Michael, Michael Chavis? Chavis. That's yeah, what exactly. I was, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Chavis is another one that, you, you know, Chavis is, Diego Castillo, those guys should be playing every day. Yep. You have the DH spot, you know, the softball player leadoff guy, uh, you know, uh, Yoshi, whatever his name is, those guys don't have to play every day. It's not, you know, they, you know, there's no, we know what those guys are. Maybe Yoshi's got a little bit more upside than the softball player, but. I mean, the We're guys just call
0: them softball. Players. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean Castillo and 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 Chavis and those, even Hoy Park. I mean, those are young guys that have got to play. Right. You got to see what you got before. We, we talked about this last week. Before that next wave of right. prospects come up, and you know, it's also. You know, the Pirates, you know, and I heard it just an unbelievable, and since I don't think we're doing rants this week, I'll rant on this for now. Uh, we'll rant. We'll, but I, we'll, we'll I heard Derek Shelton say this week that when he made his Sunday lineup and didn't have the two players that PNC Park people pay to come right. see yeah. in the lineup at home, when he was called out on our by our friend Fred DK D. on Monday, he's like, oh, you know, I never really thought about that. Well, how the hell do you not <laughs> think about that? I mean, seriously, you have two. You have two conceivable Major League Baseball players on your 28-man roster. Two. Just two. two. Not 28. Two. Two. So if you take both of them out of the lineup for one day, you think you might go, well, shit, what are we going (laughs) to do?
0: What are we going to do with the rest of this thing? And how
2: about all 14 people that showed up, eight of them to run the bases after the game because it's Sunday, kid take your kid to punishment day, whatever they do down there. I mean – I, I mean, I don't get it. Wait, how, do you, how do you sit those two guys at home? You're going to go get drudged in Milwaukee for three games. Sit them one of those games where somebody out there eating a bratwurst doesn't even know who Brian Reynolds or Brian Hayes is. You're sitting at home, and you sit oh. these two guys. I, I just don't get it. Yeah. But I mean, that's just this organization, and yeah. that's why I get as frustrated as I do with this organization. But I, I think I started this off by saying I was going to talk about the bright things. Yeah. But yes, I have, I have been, I've been mildly impressed yeah. so far with the young arms and and the young players that I've seen,
0: and those guys make me want to watch it and mm-hmm. give me some hope for the future. I agree. I mean, that's what it's all about. That Contreras has been phenomenal. Mitch Keller today. What a, I mean. Whew. Thank goodness. That's the best because, I've ever seen. Yeah. That, and they need that. They need it. They need that. For sure. That. Because I mean, for as
2: many guys as they have in the minors, yeah. they do not have a ton of starting pitching. They don't. This not No, kind of, yeah. nah, but even in the whole system, uh, there's not a ton that are going to be number ones or twos. They got a lot of potential twos and threes. They don't have a lot of studs yeah. coming. and. They're not going to go out and spend 300 million dollars on a starting pitcher. No. So they need those guys. They need they some need guys them to pan They need Keller,
0: they need, color. They need yeah. Contreras, they need those guys to help. Yuri, Yuri yeah, or whatever yeah, we Miguel Yuri. Yeah, I mean he got roughed yeah. up a little bit today, but a lot of that wasn't his fault. Have we seen the shift? Can I re- Hold on. Can I talk about the shift? You know how hard it is for me not to swear when I bring this up. Stop. It has cost them. Today it cost them again. A little pull number down the first baseline. Shelton had him playing a shift. It becomes a double down the line. Well, if you want to ran on the shift for a minute, I can do that too. I mean, but I'll just say this. If Tony Gwynn,
2: Rod Carew, the guys who knew how to hit a baseball played in the shift world, they They would never make it out. You couldn't get them out. If you gave Tony Gwynn half half a left every single time, that ball would be out there. Absolutely. So I blame Major league hitters, as much as I do this thing, because if you put eight guys on the on the on the one side of the field yeah. and you can't and you and you hit over to there, you deserve that's to be right. on It's yeah. your own stupid. Fault. I agree, but you're You know is, how you get rid yeah. of the shift. If major league hitters start bunting or start just bleeding balls right. over there, like it seems like every team does it. The Pirates every game, right. at least. Exactly.
0: Well, that's where Josh yeah. Bell did Juan it against Soto them. did
2: it, Juan once, did it once, Soto. the solo down
1: yep. there's nobody I there. I've Willie Adams do it. Last yeah, night. Willie Adams. You know, he had a Renfro ball where the second baseman would have been. He was playing behind the second base back.
0: So I'm going to um, what I'm doing is piling onto the Shelton, right? We, we talked about it. he's getting a free pass. You can argue that one way or the other, but the guy's gotten a free pass thus far. I, I got to tell you, this guy—the fact he didn't think of, oh man, if I sit these two guys down, the only two people you know in all reality that people are buying tickets to come see—he's an idiot. That's an He's idiot. an idiot. It's That's an, an idiotic it's a, statement. It's an idiot statement
2: whether you, even if you mean right, it, exactly, you don't say it out I mean, loud.
0: It may be the Pirates who don't know how to spin anything and they get everything wrong when they come out and talk to the public. That is idiotic. You they can't had, say that. They had 8,000 there Saturday night. Yeah, 8,000. 8, now, yeah. I know the weather sucked, but
2: you know what people have to understand what baseball numbers is, 95%, especially in this town of tickets are sold ahead of time. Right. So the fact that it was a crappy day means nothing. Right. Right. They would have gotten a little bit of a walk up there mm-hmm. if it was an 80 degree day, you know, but a good walk up is 8,000. Right. So maybe you have 16,000 in a and a Saturday early on in the season, right. You get 8,000 in the park, you should be doing your whole schedule should be based around how do we get people in this right. park and making sure, you know, and and mark my words Mark my words. When O'Neal Cruz comes up, his first game will be on the road. Watch.
1: Yeah, that's usually how they do it. A- a- am I the only one here? We haven't talked. About, a- 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 either are you tired of seeing
0: Cole Tucker?
1: I- I'm. I'm. Yeah, a- nauseum. I yeah, can't yeah, watch I, him bat. Anymore.
0: I agree. I, I kind of uh, like the dude. He seems like a he, really good guy. Put him in and television. And of course, he's dating. Let him work on the MLB yeah, N- right. network. Exactly. I mean, he's he's an articulate kid. Yeah. Doesn't mean he can hit a baseball. No, he can't. I'm, he's done. Let's see what you were saying. Enough. Let's stop seeing these guys.
1: Yeah, He said three years to do this. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, Enough.
0: They're five and seven now, right? After today, yeah.
2: mm-hmm. I can think of four games where they lost the game or it severely hurt because of misplays in the out in right field specifically. It was Cole Tucker twice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was Diego Castillo it's today, it. Yep. and it was Hoy Park the other day. Right. So because was, oh. I mean, Hoy Park had an Uber out there. He didn't mm-hmm. even know where right field was. You know, they're trying to right that, go that way. No, no. I, I'm playing the dirt. <laughs> My whole life, I've played the dirt. No, no. You're going to go out there. The, yeah, today. you're in
0: the grass. Why am
1: I going out uh, there? Yeah. yeah. So, there's some things that they need to change. I, I, I do like the way that he handles the pitching staff. So far, I mean, I, like Tom said, yep. our best pitchers seem to be the piggyback off. And he the got starters.
0: called on that too. DK called him on that. Like, wait a minute, don't you have some of these guys that should be flipped? And he said, "Event yes, they're starters, but not immediately." Well, the the problem with Will Crow, who's not giving up a run, I think three hits in nine innings. The
1: problem with Will Crow, he pitched two scoreless innings the other day, he threw fifty one pitches. Right. I mean, you're not going to last as a starter throwing fifty one pitches in two innings. So. Yeah, I think you're going to start seeing some of these guys go the other way. Dylan Peters, Contreras. Yeah. I think, yeah, I'd rather yeah. see Dylan Peters than yeah. Zach Thompson.
0: Thank you. Uh, yes, please. Yeah. I mean, he throws strikes. Right. That's all I'm asking right. is you just to throw strikes. So, yeah, I mean, this sort of evolved into a Derek Shelton bashing. No, session l- a little bit, but listen, and, and I think justifiably so. They played because the that dude has has been untouched. No one said anything about him because the talent obviously has sucked that he's putting out on the field. However. It doesn't excuse some of the shit decisions that he's been making to manage a game, right? Exactly. Game no, he's got to be called on it. Well, and and to be honest, I mean, Shelton's not
2: the guy. Let's not kid ourselves. Right, yeah. In two thousand twenty-four, two thousand twenty-five, Derek Shelton's not going to be the manager. He's just not. So he's here to take the beating and get through this and and all that stuff. But. If you watch, there is so little. Another thing I hate about baseball is there's so, with the DH, there's almost no strategy. Mm -hmm. There's no double switching. There's no managing your lineup. There's no none of that kind of stuff. Thank God for Derek Sheldon that that's the case. Um, But, you know, I've seen some things with him that I've started. Like, I I, I think the first week I bashed him because in the fifth inning, he took Chavis out Mm -hmm. and brought Vogel back in in the fifth inning to to pinch hit it because he didn't want the righty righty combo. In the fifth inning of the right. third game of the year, um, we take a, a, a guy with some potential out and put the softball player in. But I mean, it's happened twice since then, and I'll give him credit—he right. let Chavis bat, and Chavis, I think, got hits of both times. Mm-hmm. So you know, if if I can see him, he's one. I have to say this: the first two years, he hasn't had a whole lot to work with, right. and I'm not right. saying he does have more now, but he's definitely got more decks in the car or more cards oh, in the true. deck this year than he has in the past. So you're going to start to see this as the year goes along, and you always wonder anymore: Do any of these managers make the decisions, or do they're just a book that the right. whole organization writes on, and they just okay if A if A and B happens, yeah. can you right. see? It's situation. all the yeah. analytics, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's yeah. That stuff that, that, you right. know, that I, it
0: drives you crazy, yeah. Once again, we'll talk more pirates at the end of the, at, at the end of the show, but for now, let's move on to the Penguins. More bad news, Tommy. You're like Nostradamus when it comes to the Penguins you were saying you are good. i mean last week you said and that's why everybody needs to be listening to this podcast i mean these the yahoos you the other ones you listen to they're not this stuff's not being brought up this team has been snake bitten yes we've had the best player in hockey but there it, something always happens there has been zero continuity to this team this year zero injuries suspensions whatever now the latest jari goes down to fractured foot who knows when we're going to see him again i mean we, he's a goalie fractured foot to me, that's at least a month. I, you got to think, um, and, and so just when you thought, okay, Malcolm was going to come back, we'd have this, you know, five games together. Let's see what they had. Maybe they built a little momentum. Not so much. You, you have Casey, five foot ten Casey Desmith, my size, uh, about to take over as a starting goalie going into the playoffs.
2: Yeah, and it's funny. I was I was lucky enough to be at Penguin practice today, not because I have any inside right. ability or whatever. It was just something through my. Do my business that I was able to go down. But you go down and watch and you see some of these guys. I mean, we were sitting right on the glass and seeing some of them up close. And it is – when you look at them skating on the ice and then you see DeSmith go by, you know, it's yeah. kind of like, oh, he won a contest to be out there. I just got to sit here. Look at him. And, oh, that's actually that's actually an NHL goalie. Because it looks like he's going to hit his head on the back of the crossbar. So that's my problem with Casey DeSmith is that in a seven-game series I, – I, I, Casey's missed a good right. NHL uh, backup. Yeah. The problem is that the style that he plays is very, very beatable in a seven-game series. He's a very aggressive goalie. Why is he an aggressive goalie? Because he's right, short. Right. And that, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm not the tallest guy in the room, so I can take shots at short people. But in NHL, a typical goalie now is six five, six four, six six. You know, you look at some mm-hmm. of the best ones. Jacob Markstrom out, mm-hmm. out of Calgary, Vasilevsky down in Tampa. They're huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just get on their knees in front of the net and good luck. You're just going to hit them most mm-hmm. of the times, you know. And that's not what Casey is. Casey's short. He has to play super aggressive. Mm -hmm. And I'm afraid that in a seven game series, when there's more scouting, when there's more getting to know tendencies and things like that, the teams are just going to pick up how far out of the net he comes. Mm -hmm. Because, again, Michael, I'll try to give you this will be Hockey 101 this week. Can't wait. It's all visuals. So Mm -hmm. if you're in net and the goalie who's six foot is standing back in the net, there's a whole lot of net to see. Mm -hmm. As he skates out, Obviously, then the net behind them becomes smaller and smaller. So a six-foot goalie has to play a foot in front of the crease, where a six-five goalie can play on the you know on the blue line, right at the blue line. So you know there's an extra foot behind Casey Desmith because he's doing what he has to do to compensate because he's not tall enough. And I think in a seven-game series, that that's going to become a real problem. And you know, not again, not that I have any inside sources or anything, but just being down there around there. Um, we were able to do some stuff afterwards and just some of the conversations that I heard and stuff. It doesn't sound to me like anybody's expecting Sir Tristan jar to be back for the, for the first series, at least Louis Domingue, the mm-hmm. the, yep, the, I was going to ask you about Louis. Yeah. He had a broken foot early in the year. A fruit, a fruit, a fruit, that happened to practice, right? A fluke yes, thing in practice, flute, yeah. Mm-hmm. A fluke play. He got he broke a bone. Mm-hmm. Now you know, I'm no doctor, uh, but I mean, there's a bunch of bones in your foot. I don't know what bone he broke or you know what. The, it, it, but if you're a goalie, you're carrying all that weight and you got to go side you're, to side right. on your feet to uh, to play the position. Anything in there got to be bad. I think the Ming and he went down to the minor, so I'm not exactly sure what the clock was, but I, I want to say he was six to eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a long time. Um, the good part, if you want to look at the good side of this from the Penguins, is that it didn't happen in the last game. Mm-hmm. It happened with five or six games left. To me, if I'm the Penguins, what I'm looking at, <coughs> excuse me, is I want to get through tomorrow night against Boston. Mm-hmm. Boston plays a heavy t- have, has plays a heavy game. There always seems to be something with that team. Just get through tomorrow night healthy. Then you have Malkin come back. You have everybody else that's probably going to be on your mm-hmm. in your starting lineup available. Take those last four games. Get Casey DeSmith in there three or four of those games and just get your mind right. Get your mind going. You're not playing. Uh, the competition is a little lighter. You know, they've got Detroit, they've got Edmonton um, here. Um, I forget the other. There's a couple others, but they're, they're the, the gauntlet's over. Mm-hmm. They're getting some rest. They're getting some breaks. They need to get through tomorrow night and then focus. You got Malkin back. You got four games left. Everybody who's going to be in the playoff roster, knock on wood, will be available. Play those last four games like it's the first four games of the playoffs. Play your lines the way you want. Play your your matchups the way you want. Get your defensive pair right, which it looks like they did today. They mm-hmm. moved Letang and Newman right. back together to, uh, and practice this week. <clears throat> and get your mind right for the playoffs. And I, I'm not going to say they don't have any chance. Um, I, I I it's gonna, it's either going to be Florida, it's going to be the Rangers, or it's going to be Carolina.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: If I'm a Penguins fan and, and you're out there, you're rooting for Carolina or you're rooting for Florida. And you'd say, well, why did you? Why in the world did you want to play Florida? They're the number one seed. They're probably going to win the, uh, the Eastern the Division number one seed. Because hockey is every single bit about matchups. It's just mm-hmm. like boxing. Right. Styles matter. Who you're fi- who, who what on the other side is, is going to do. Florida likes to play in open style. Yes, they're bigger. Yes, they play a little bit heavy. They score a lot of goals. But that's okay. The Penguins can win a five, a 6-5 game, a 5-4 a mm-hmm. game in the playoffs. They're not a team that's going to shut them down. And you line up the goalies. Florida has Bobrovsky, who we've owned oh, in the, the playoffs. playoffs and who has a very shaky career <laughs> playoff history. <clears throat> Carolina has Freddie Anderson, who's a mess in the playoffs. Ronta is their backup. Freddie Anderson's hurt, but it sounds like he'll be back in the playoffs. Or you have Shistarkin, the best goalie sure. in the planet right now. You're picking goalies. You want to play one of the two. You want to play Freddie Anderson or you want to play Bobrovsky. You do not want to play Shostarkin. And also the way the Rangers are playing, the Rangers are winning games 2-1, one mm-hmm. That's not what the Penguins – that's not how they're going to survive the first series. If they're going to survive the first series with Casey Desmith and goal, they're going to have to win games 5-4, 4-3. It's not going to be your typical one nothing 2-1 games if they want to survive. So I think Florida and Carolina are mm-hmm. are likely to be the matchups. Um, and I
0: wouldn't mind either one of those, honestly. No, I agree. I don't think they want to see the Rangers in the first round because that'll be another early exit and they'll be playing golf real soon. So, one more Penguin thing coming later as well. For now, Michael, you're back. Yeah, I'm back. Okay. I'm back.
1: It's Drink weird. a little coffee over there yeah, while we were it, talking it, hockey it, to it, stay awake. It's weird that the NBA playoffs are actually uh, started in the <clears throat> and hockey is still right. in the regular that season. That is weird. It's it's, a, yeah. Well, it's an odd season, but yep. – um, you know, we're only a couple games into the NBA playoffs mm-hmm. so far. Um, Very entertaining and, and, thus far. You know, everybody looks at the big names, you know, your Kevin Durant's, your Kyrie Irving's, your Jason Tatum's, Joel Embiid's, mm-hmm. Steph Curry's, those kind of guys. So far in these short amount of mm-hmm. games that have been played in the playoffs, we're hearing names that you typically don't hear. Um, Golden State's up 2 nothing on Denver. Jordan Poole's been the best player on, on their team. He scored, he's uh, been the best
0: player on the court, period, he, the end.
1: He scored 30 in game one mm-hmm. against Denver, and they blew Denver out both games. Um, Dallas wound up tying up the series mm-hmm. with Utah. Dallas is without Luka Doncic. Okay, he has the calf strain. It doesn't look like he's going to play until maybe game five or six. Um, and Utah thought, man, well, we're going to go mm-hmm. into Dallas and win two games. Dallas winds up getting the split. Even though I know Utah is the road team, you're looking to just get one
0: on the Without other. Team. Four, yeah, right? absolutely.
1: But they didn't look good in either game. They could have lost game one. And game two, uh, Jalen Brunson drops 41 on them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you know, Jalen Brunson's making himself some money for next year. He's a free agent. Um, the Memphis Minnesota series, that's the young guys. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to talk about the young guys, the Jaw Morants. Uh, Anthony Edwards went off in game one against uh, Memphis, yes. and Memphis didn't hold court in game mm-hmm. one. Everybody thought, well, this Memphis team's fake. This is, you mm-hmm. know, the playoffs are – They're, yawing, they're learning, young. They're learning. Yeah. They held Edwards to 20, and they held uh, Cat okay. to 15 in mm-hmm. game two. And and Jaw had a great game. And their bench wound up scoring, I, I think, 40 points off the bench. They had three guys with 13 each. Um, so that series is tied up 1-1. The interesting one is Phoenix and New Orleans, the yep. 1-8 game. New Orleans comes out last night. <clears> Listen, <throat> I went to bed before that game even started last right. night. I'm like, well, Phoenix is going to burn right. this team out. Well, New Orleans winds up blowing out Phoenix on their home court. Uh, Brandon Ingram drops 37, and then Devin Booker winds up uh, pulling a hamstring. So he's likely to miss games three and four. This could be interesting. Mm -hmm. This New Orleans team can score to basketball, and Devin Booker's the best player Phoenix has. So that series in the West is going to be interesting. In the East, everybody's talking about Boston and Mm -hmm. and obviously Brooklyn. Game one.
0: Phenomenal. game. I I mean, mean, one of the best NBA games
1: I've ever seen. You know, Tatum hits the shot Mm -hmm. at the buzzer. The crowd's chanting at Kyrie Mm -hmm. Irving. He's flipping them off. (laughs) He's he's flipping them the bird. He got a $50,000 fine, which is equivalent to like ashtray change for us. Um, That's game two tonight. Boston holds a one-game lead. Miami's blowing Atlanta right off the floor. Jimmy Butler had 45 last night. I mean, uh, they're really deep, Miami. They don't have a lot of superstars, but they're really deep as the one seed. Uh, I picked Milwaukee to go to the finals. Um, They held court in game one against – Chicago, they play tonight, and I was wrong. I I, so far, I thought Philadelphia was going to implode. You know, I didn't like the James Harden trade. I don't think he fits with Embiid. And then Tyrese Maxey comes out of nowhere. I mean, he had thirty eight in Game One and twenty three in Game Two. Who would have thought Tyrese Maxey would have had those type of games in those? So these series are. Are going to get tight and we're going to start to see that next week we're going to see some teams might be out by mm-hmm. next week by the by the time we talk but so far the nba playoffs have been about guys that we don't typically talk about like the jordan poles the tyrese maxis the jalen brunson's these are guys that have stepped up in the first couple games so it's going to be interesting to see where it goes from here
0: We'll keep tabs the rest of the way as we go through the NBA playoffs. So far, it's been very interesting. It's picked up where the NCAA tournament's left off. Some great games out of the gate so far. A lot of intrigue. These, uh, you know, I mean, solid players. I don't want to say no-name players, but solid players stepping up and playing like superstars, uh, which is what you want to see in the playoffs, whether it's, you know, hockey, basketball, baseball, whatever. You need contributions from other guys that aren't your superstars, and you're seeing that, and that's what's making a difference for those teams. All right, so we're going to start a new segment this week. We're always trying to innovate and come up with new ideas and make it more interesting for our listeners out there. We're going to do a segment called Fact or Fiction. Rapid fire, stuff that's happening out there. You hear various rumors. We're going to discuss whether or not we think it's fact or if it's fiction. So let's start off with some NFL talk. News broke today that Debo Samuel asked for a trade from the 49ers. Debo, one of the best wide receivers in football. We've talked about... He's a the, running back, too. The, right, exactly. A wide back, as he calls himself. Um, we, we know what's happening with the wide receivers this offseason. It's just, I mean, they're making money left and right. It's crazy what, what has happened this offseason. So, fact or fiction, guys, Debo Samuel will be traded. I say, I say fiction uh, just because he... He is
1: the perfect fit for what Shanahan does in San Francisco. I mean, he 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 does something that no other wide receiver does. Mm-hmm. You've got a guy that led the team in rushing, led the team in receiving. I don't know if he fits everywhere. If you play him at just wide receiver,
0: how valuable he? I think you fit him in? in. You, you get him on in. your team. You you, you, you I, adjust I, a few I, things for I him. think
1: it's fiction. I think you're, you're going to have to give up a lot to get him. and. San Francisco holds all the cards right now. If mm-hmm. He sits out, he sits out. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think they're just going to move him just for the sake of moving him.
2: I think it's fact um, because there's a lot of stupid football teams that have a lot of draft picks. San Francisco's first pick in this draft is the 61st pick mm-hmm. because of the moves that they've made. Uh, moving up to get Trey Lance, which was, still doesn't um, make any yeah. sense of that move. But um, And, you know, Michael, you applied logic to what uh, Debo Samuel is. He fits perfect in the Shanahan system. Well, th- this is the NFL again. There's a lot of stupid people out there. <laughs> there, there a lot of people just collect football cards. And he's a football card. Okay, he's yeah. a name. Everybody walks him in the playoffs. You know, you have the the, the Giants. You have mm-hmm. the Jets. You know, the Jets were hot after Tyree Kill. They have draft capital to make that move. Um, there's something to me, cap room to There's the something to me road. about that. There's a few of these quarter. A few of these wide receivers um, that are in this boat with Samuel. That are you know coming mm-hmm. up on this big money deal that want to cash in. He's the only one that demanded a trade before the draft so far. Um, And these are the kind of deals that get done in the summer. So, to me, I got a feeling an agent or somebody knew Mm -hmm. that there might be somebody interested in him. He goes public with it, maybe for San Francisco's hand. He's getting traded.
0: I agree wholeheartedly. Given everything that we've seen so far this offseason, I mean, who would have thought five months with Tyreek Hill would have been traded, right? I mean – Devontae Adams to the Raiders. I mean, we're seeing all these top flight wide receivers going. And, Tommy, you, I think that's exactly who I think is going to be at play in this, is the Giants. They have the draft capital. They have the money. I wouldn't be shocked if Debo Samuel's a Giant by the end of the week.
1: And it's a need because right. the Giants yeah. don't have any weapons. Right. So it, it is a need. I and know. the Jets, too. the, and Jets, the Jets, too, yeah. But mm-hmm. I think the caveat is, is if you're going to trade for him, obviously he's going to want a contract up front. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing wide receivers. It's funny, when we grew up, Running backs were king, right? Right. They rolled the roost. Eric Dickerson held oh, out, yeah. in, yep. you know, mm-hmm. in in L.A., you know, and then he wanted more money in Indianapolis. And now it's the wide receiver seem to hold all the cards. It, it, the game has the game, changed. Absolutely. So
0: yep. We'll see. So to that point, with a premium being placed on wide receivers, fact or fiction, guys, there will be more wide receivers picked in the first round because of that fifth year in control, than there will be any other position.
2: I'll say fact of this too. Um, and the reason why is the fifth year. We've talked about this numerous times on this thing. First round means in the NFL, you get a five year contract. Second round on, you get four. And with the way the wide receivers are playing, if I ran a franchise right now, there's 50 wide receivers every draft, mm-hmm. every single draft. Yep. That's all they do in, 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 in college football, throw the ball. Everybody's got four. Wide. Look at Pitt. Right. Pitt's got six wide receivers <laughs> that could probably play in the NFL. Over these next few years, and that's Pitt. I mean, they're not exactly you know known right. for their wide receiver production mm-hmm. in bulk over the years. But I mean, if I was in, if I ran a franchise, I'd draft a wide receiver, run them after their mm-hmm. first contract, I'd move on and just draft, keep, keep drafting. Yep. There's you could draft guys. The Steelers are going to draft a guy probably in a fourth or fifth round this year as a mm-hmm. wide receiver that's going to contribute. It's an easy position yep. to replace. There's no way I would pay big money for it. And I agree, and I say fact that there's going to be a ton drafted. I, I
1: say fact for a simple fact that I've <laughs> been following these draft yep. picks, and that's the position that's loaded the most. Um, you could see six wide receivers go in the first round. Out of Pure position, we're not just talking offensive line. You know, there's tackles, there's guards, there's centers. Pure position-wise, yeah, fact, definitely. Wide receiver's going to have the most yep.
0: taken. I'm, I'm fact as well. I think you're going to see eight or nine wide receivers go in the first round. There's going to be a run on them. You're going to see guys who we thought were going to go in the second or third round even. Sky Moore, right? When we first started having these conversations, Sky Moore, the local kid from Shadyside Academy, Western Michigan, third round pick. A lot of people think he's he's worked his way into the first round. Uh, Dotson from Penn State, he's going to be a first rounder. And so, Tommy, I think you hit the nail on the head in terms of why and what's happening here. Um, and as a result, I think, yeah, eight or nine, definitely, definitely we're going to see come off the board in the first round. Okay. Next, fact or fiction? Pens, pens end up as a wild card in the playoffs. Michael, thoughts? Fact or fiction?
1: Fact. I, I don't. I mean, Tommy said that the rest of their schedule yeah. is weak. I haven't seen anything out of them that's going to prove otherwise. I mean, I'm, I'm not watching the games, but I'm watching the scores, and I mm-hmm. haven't seen anything. So I, I would definitely say fact.
2: Okay. Yeah, I think it. it I think uh, it's. Pro I'm gonna say fiction. I tell you what, I'm gonna I'm gonna go opposite. Okay. Another reason I say why is everybody ahead of them has been on fire and every and the penguins have obviously mm-hmm. been stumbling. You know, hockey's one of those things where everything evens out over time. The Rangers or Carolina, I mean, it seems like they win every night. Washington's been winning every night. I think they're gonna cool off. And I, I think you're gonna to start to see the Penguins um, you know, start to ratchet it up a little bit. I, I think I wouldn't be surprised if they win four of their last five, three of their last four, some combination like that, go in in there with a little bit of a hot streak. I think they're going to sneak. I think they're going to be the third seed in the Metro, which will place them against most likely either Carolina or Or
0: the Rangers. Rangers, I'm going to say fact. Uh, I hate to say it, and I hope I'm wrong. I, I hope I'm wrong. But this is an old team. I think the legs are going. Look at Jeff Carter. Jeff Carter's been an on, fact, I can only hope that he's throttling it back a little bit, preparing for the playoffs. Um, Gino is it, it, he's two steps slower this year. This is an old team, and we're at the end of a long season. And I think that's what we've seen over the last 11, 12 games, in addition to the injuries. But I think this is just an older team, and they are who they are at this point. I mean, we used to talk about they knew how to turn the – they flipped the switch when when the time came and the lights got brighter. Uh, I don't think this team's capable of that, all right? We've talked about it. They don't have the team speed that they once used to have. And so I think what we're seeing is who they are. And so I think it's fact. They're going to end up in a wild-card spot. They're going to struggle down the stretch. and But like you talked about before, I think that puts them against, you know, maybe a Florida uh, or a Carolina, which maybe end up for the better. So who knows? But I think they're going to end up in a wild-card spot just because – This team, in my mind, is shot. All right, Pirates. Fact or fiction, Cal Mitchell will be the first call-up for the Pirates this year. (laughs) Lord knows they need a right fielder. Well, it should be
1: fact, but it's actually going to be fiction. Um, I think the first call-up is probably going to be either, Tom alluded earlier before the podcast, that it's going to be a pitcher Mm -hmm. um, or it's going to be somebody like Anthony Alford, and they're going to send Hoy Park now. Um, or Cole Tucker like, maybe. Cole Tucker, hopefully um, one of those guys. But I, I think it's it's gonna it's not going to be one of the young guys. But but Mitchell has really really been on fire. I mean, before I left right. today, I checked. Indianapolis was playing a day game. He was three for three when I left. I think mm. he's almost hitting four
2: hundred. Yeah. Yeah, I think we talked about before we started. You know, just out of sheer numbers, it's probably going to be a pitcher. Um, if so, I will say fiction. But if the question was, will he be the first position player? Yeah, I think he could be. I mean, the Pirates most nights start one major league outfielder, then we have to we have the punch <laughs> cards out there playing the rest of them, trying to get all their nine holes, their nine spots parked, um, plucked. But um, if they want to start a major league outfield, I mean, he certainly is the guy down there to come up and be – and it's not O'Neill Cruz. The guy that I'm – I'd like to, not to change the subject, okay. but I'm, I'm watching Travis Swaggerty too because I think he would have been up here last year if it wasn't for a shoulder mm-hmm. injury. But uh, – I think I, I'm going to say fiction.
0: Okay. Uh, but yeah. I want to say fiction, and it's for the reason that we've already discussed. This team does nothing. They're not. They'll call up Alfred. I think Michael's absolutely right. They'll call up Alfred before they call up Mitchell. Uh, instead of driving more interest, fan interest, in, in getting another younger player up here and, and, and having him start to learn at the major league level uh, and maybe carry some of that momentum. Look, we all play baseball. I don't, if you're a triple A, you're seeing the ball that well. Let, Call him up and see if he can carry that forward. Obviously, he's seeing the ball really well right now. I, look, I trust me, I get the difference between Major League and Triple-A. But when you're seeing the ball that well, you're seeing the ball that well. Call him up and see if he can continue it. And then, of course, he'll hit a funk eventually. But ride it out a little bit. He, he's the hottest hitter in your whole organization. Now, what they'll
2: do is they'll call Josh Van Meter's cousin up, who's the, who's the fifth outfielder in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. They'll call him up to come play because they want to let Cal Mitchell and all the young kids keep playing. Right. So they'll bring his three hundred Yeah, they'll yeah. bring his cousin up to come play and he'll play all the positions. He'll hit a buck ninety two until your buddy Anthony is mm-hmm. ready to go. He can come in and he can hit a buck eighty for a while. So <laughs> oh,
0: go It's it's too go easy. Bucs. It's just too easy. Yeah, go bucks. All right, let's close it out this week with our rants. Michael, go.
1: So last week, obviously, I, I I stayed on. I'm going to stay on baseball again this week. Uh, I was up Saturday night, and I think I called mm. Mark on Sunday, and, and we were talking. And I was watching the Dodgers playing the Reds. And, and Major League Baseball does everything wrong. Everything that the NFL does, Major League Baseball does the complete opposite. I watched Hunter Green pitch for the Cincinnati Reds Saturday night. I actually set up out of bed to watch him pitch because mm-hmm. I I couldn't see the TV as my eyes are going as I'm getting old. And I thought that it said 101. And I was like, well, maybe I should sit up and see if that actually said 101. Then the next pitch was 102. He threw 39 pitches over 100 miles an hour. Yet Major League Baseball knows nothing about marketing their players. Hunter Green could be sitting in the backseat of your car and you wouldn't know who the friggy is. And that's my problem with Major League Baseball. But what I I want to tell everybody is if you get a chance, listen, the Reds stink. You think the Pirates stink, the Reds really stink. (laughs) But if, if he's pitching Thursday, if the game's on TV, try to catch some of it because this kid is
2: going to be lights out. Well, I actually had a different rant about not wanting to be Ron Hextall or Brian Burke, but I'm going to change it just to build on your what you just said about how bad Major League Baseball is in marketing their players. Well, then there's the NHL. They're mm. worse. They always yeah.
0: have been. They always will be. They're number four for a reason.
2: So I, I want to say, and I, don't quote me on this, but I am pretty sure – that every time Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid have played against each other, it's been on a weeknight, mm-hmm. and most games have not been nationally televised. Yep. It's coming That's, up again here. They're going to be playing. It's not, I think it's this coming Tuesday. Again, a Tuesday night right. in April where nobody's watching hockey, everybody's getting ready to, for the playoffs. And I don't care if it's on national TV or not. Um, Crosby and McDavid are arguably the two biggest stars in hockey. Mm -hmm. They have been for the last few years. um, And every time they play, it's not on national TV. You know, they'll put Boston and Philly and Chicago because they're big markets on Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon on the old NBC games and things like that. But goddamn, if they'll put the two biggest stars on there. You know, and that's what the NFL always got right. It's Mm -hmm. what the NBA got right for a long time. You know, it was about the players. It wasn't about the team. Mm -hmm. And the NHL has just failed miserably. Even Sidney Crosby, who's who has been the face of hockey for a long time, do a lot of people in Kansas City know who Sidney Crosby is? I guarantee you, they know who LeBron James Mm is. You know, do do people in you know I don't know uh, Rock Hill, South Carolina, do they know who Sidney Crosby is? Mm -hmm. No, probably not. No mcdavid and crosby on a tuesday night at the end of april is a crime against humanity for when it comes to sports that game they play only twice a year every one of them should be on a saturday national televised game and it's not that hard but the nhl has screwed it up for years and will continue to do so
0: yeah and it and i thought that was going to change tommy too with espn and and tnt coming on board this year and the four letter could promote it they're not promoting it at all. It's buried still in what Sports Center. What ESPN centers. has
2: done to hockey is, a, yeah. is is another crime. I mean, you have to. The Penguins have played five games this year. We have to have, mm-hmm. have ESPN Plus. Yeah. I mean, my dad's been a hockey fan since the day that they they, they invented the, the the puck, and he has to come over to my house to watch a Penguin Ranger game, which mm-hmm. was an important game because he don't know what the hell ESPN right. Plus is. Most people don't know. Right. But and, and beyond the fact that you know a lifelong fan can't find it. Bars don't have it, right? You know, you can't go out and have a beer and watch a penguin game somewhere because it's on some freaking app that
0: nobody has. Well, you don't want has. them going to a bar anyway. You want them to buy beer well, from you yeah, and that's watch true. it. Well,
2: let's just say they're not in my general vicinity. <laughs> right. They live in North so <laughs> okay, right. they, they go to any bar they want. <laughs> but I mean, it's just it, it's just the, the, the stupidity of it all. And it, it, they got. I think the NHL fell in love with the ESPN letters and thought, yeah. oh, this will be great. And they didn't read the fine print but they said every ESPN game is going to be on some app that nobody has. Right.
0: Yeah, great point. My rant, Tommy, did you see WrestleMania this year? I did. I meant to bring it up to you right after it, but it's been a little chaotic. Incredibly disappointing. Incredibly disappointing. And I'll go to the biggest match, Reigns and Lesnar, right? I'm sitting there with Leo. We wanted to watch it. What a garbage match. There were no surprises back in the day. You have celebrities running in. You know, you had this happening, that happening. What's happened to the creativity? in WWE. Is AEW stealing it all away? I mean, I was thoroughly, thoroughly disappointed with WrestleMania. I'd love to get your take. Well,
2: wow, there's a little bit of speculation that Reigns got hurt in that match. Okay. And that's what ended it's it's so yeah, but, it so Just weird. Yeah, was just But what I was surprised about is that the the rumored main event for next year is Roman Reigns versus The Rock. They're they're related, right, they're yep. family. Um, Roman reigns storyline which I'm sure Michael knows is yeah. that he's the head of the table he's the head of the <laughs> Samoan right. family which right. in wrestling is 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 a legendary tree of wrestlers mm-hmm. you know going back 50 60 oh, 70 yeah. years um, to when the Samoans had their own you know promotion mm-hmm. in Hawaii which is a, it's actually part of the series the young rock on they, they mm-hmm. chronicle his life and, and show you some of that stuff but you know it just made all the sense in the world I thought that at the end when Roman Reigns won, he's holding the belts up. Mm-hmm. He's the big guy, and all of a sudden, you know, the he, rocks, he, cue the, the rocks the music. Rocks music plays. He yeah. comes down, and stares at him. You know, right. and everybody would have left. And that's what that's what when you talk about stuff like that. That's what the expectation is. It's something. Mm-hmm. It's WrestleMania. Right. Something yeah. big's gonna happen. It was cool seeing Stone cold oh, wrestle. Right. Mm-hmm. I can't believe at fifty nine with a broken neck he took a back he took a suplex but, onto yep. the concrete, which I almost
0: <laughs> yeah. he's
2: just like, oh my God. How, man, how about he? McAfee? Let's what talk about knowing? the local yeah, guy, the little guy bit. Man, the plum I mean, in the show. show. He
0: really did. I mean, his athleticism was off the charts. He, he represented himself very well. We were very impressed with Pat. I didn't like the stunner to him. I thought yeah, that man. was too typical. Like that was the stuff I'm well, like. I of. You know, the, it's the like, Stone Cold on. stunner to him,
2: I didn't mind because he said afterwards in an interview that was as a wrestling fan growing up, it was a dream of his to get a Stone. What I didn't <laughs> right. like was Vince McMahon pinning him. Oh right yeah, that, the big that? pop, everybody's yeah. happy, and then he got to come yeah. in and take his shirt off, and you know all that kind of crap. But but yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I thought the you know my son is borderline. He's in and out of wrestling. Mm. Um, AEW, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't have a lot of. Uh, it, it's all. It's all the guys that used to right. be over here. Now they're over there. Their matches are a little bit longer. They bleed and they right. swear. You know. I mean, <laughs> that's that's the only difference. You know. I, I don't. I, you know. I still think the WWE is the is the best product. But yeah, I agree. Going into it, I didn't think it was going to be a great WrestleMania. They mm-hmm. do it on two nights now right. to yeah, stretch it all out. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot a of nice matches on there that probably shouldn't have been on. Exactly. There. Yeah. Um,
0: but. You know, we all watched, and that's what they want. That's it. Paid my money for it, for sure. Anyway, that wraps up. Great show, guys. We're 56 minutes. Before we go, I just want
1: to give a shout out to my buddy Jeff Burke, who's now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Jeff Burke is now listening to the show. Now he's listening to it, but he's going back to listen to the first. He's binge listening. It's like he's watching Ozark on Netflix, but I appreciate it. And he he gave us, I thought, a compliment at first. He said that you guys are better than um, Paul Zeiss. And i said thank you and then i thought about it and i've listened to paul zeiss and i <laughs> thought well was that really a Mubbles. compliment but I, I just before we got off the air i wanted to throw out uh, a shout out to jeff Burke.
0: Yeah. and thank you all for listening we really appreciate yes. it and we're going to continue to build this thing we're committed to it obviously this is as we said this is our third month doing it straight and we're going to continue to do it continue to refine it make it better so if you any, have any thoughts like jeff did please share And, uh, you know, we'll do the best we can to keep you entertained for about an hour here. So have a great week, everybody. Thank you for Tommy and Michael. This is Mark. We'll talk to you soon, everybody. Take care.